I wanted to do like three songs there, but I didn't have a third one. <laughs> I wanted to mix Mortal Kombat into something, and that didn't work. Were any of those Mortal Kombat? Yeah, that middle one. Oh. <laughs> I think that's Mortal Kombat. I think it's close. I don't think it's quite. <laughs> I don't think you're quite there. The only one I've ever nailed to the fucking wall is the circus music song. Yeah, you do have that one down. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case you guys forgot what the circus song sounded like. <laughs> Welcome to the Nightmare Box. Presenting Mistakes Were Made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the soon-to-be Mrs. Bloom. Soon as the goddamn apocalypse ends, <laughs> Kristen Pennington. Love you. Love you. And you, you guys are might... trying to force the energy in. I, I, I'm so tired. Um, uh, I'm, I'm drinking whiskey on this episode. That's my plan. I did note to the listener: I always start with a light beer. I just crack for the sake of tradition. Then I normally move on to the beer that I've cracked. So now I have a light beer, the beer that I cracked, and a fucking Jameson because I'm over this week already. <laughs> And you still have a lot more days to go. I'm not even halfway there. Ho, ho, already living on a prayer. <laughs> um, yeah, you guys might have noticed that we missed the last episode, the Tuesday. I promise you, we sat up and recorded that bastard. It was like an hour long. And it was, uh, yeah, a touch over an hour. Arguably one of our greatest two stars of all time. But not film-wise, but... will never hear it. Yep. Because, uh, believe it or not, dear listener, I made a mistake. We need to drop for every time we make a mistake. We get music <laughs> in the background. Were made. Mistakes were made. Uh, <laughs> Some shit like that. Um, but yeah, I am notoriously bad at backing up my laptop. I, it's cost me two novels. It's it's been a fucking nightmare. Um, and this time it cost you guys a fantastic fucking episode. <laughs> where we got loaded and we watched a James Franco movie. And we talked about that, but when we went to go edit it, we realized that the first 25 minutes of the episode were missing. Which, if you listen to the two no, stars... it was the first 40 minutes of the episode were missing. It was almost <laughs> Oh, we only thing. had 20 left? Yeah, we had like the 20 back end was all that was We saved. should have just sent that out, because that was probably the funniest, because we were... <laughs> I, I was hammered. Um... But yeah, so we didn't get, we did record it, and we are going to, you know, vaguely talk about it. So if you've not seen uh, 2017's The Vault... Um, with James Franco, uh, and you do intend to see it, this is probably a good place for you to pause the episode, come back to us later, because we're not going to do a full deep dive. we got other shit to talk about, but we mm-hmm. are going to use it kind of as context. Uh, so go check that one out. And Don't be like Brett and hoard all your stuff on your laptop. Don't do that. He had all 100 plus episodes, and that was eating up over half of his storage on his computer. Yeah, (laughs) my computer moves a lot faster now, and now I understand why I have a hard drive, and I don't need to just back it up once every six months. Um, But Kristen has news as well, because I'm not the only one who's making mistakes due to my working situation, which has just been increased from my 40-hour work week to a 120-hour work week. Um. I can't, we only have one day to film, and uh, that day just got eaten up, so we're going to be a little delayed. Yeah, hopefully not too long. Um, I'm anticipating just a couple of days off, or probably, ideally, unless they make you work through next week as well. Oh, I will, um, I will commit suicide <laughs> in the building. <laughs> uh, we're ideally going to wrap this up, uh, I guess, when you guys hear this episode this weekend. Yeah. Um. And then I work all week, so I'll probably try to take the following weekend to edit it. So hopefully we'll only be a, a few days shy of our deadline. Yeah, but it'll be once close. again, none of you assholes submitted anyway. None so. of you did. <laughs> uh, and while you were sleeping, uh, Kristen got new numbers on happy birthday today. How are we doing, my dear love? Uh, we're at 1,400 now. God damn right. We're at 1,700 on the dolls. Ooh. Yeah. So we've almost caught up. Or to a seven thousand. Sorry. 7, I was gonna 000. say, I was like, we've almost caught up to a film we dropped. You know? No, sorry, seven thousand. Uh, I think it was backwards. Actually, it's I think like seven thousand two hundred or something like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, 
1,400 views on Happy Birthday, Fuck though. Fuck yeah. And if you haven't seen it yet, there is now also behind-the-scenes footage. <laughs> there, Kristen put together a blooper reel, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Watched it last night on the television, because we've got like one of the smart TVs like everybody else does these days. <laughs> these days, damn kids. Um, but yeah, we got to watch us acting like asses <laughs> it's kind of cute though <laughs> in the living room after dinner so it was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh short two is coming it's probably gonna be a little bit late but you know that shit happens in the midst of all this team i still have to come up with assignment number four yeah you usually yeah since we do two month challenges though you usually put those out well, he put hours out. we got to do a prompt. Oh, shit. That's what I'm saying, is we've got to come up with the prompt. Ugh. Yeah, we got to do that, like, this weekend. <laughs> yeah, take a note of that so we don't forget to do that. we got to What the fuck start, is yeah, film number three? Having the Nightmare Box uh, business meeting right here at the kitchen table. But, yeah, we'll have a... writing what the fuck is film number three. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have uh, a prompt and all that set up for you. It probably won't be up on the website, but we'll have the idea. And then I'll go and write the thing for the website so you can you know print it off keep it with you uh hold it dear to your dear to your heart and maybe somebody will actually submit to this one i, I mean if, if there's a god <laughs> um so where do you want to start now that we've got the the bad news out of the way yeah we'll circle back around to the bad news at the tail end <laughs> that's not the way you do compliment <laughs> no, sandwiches no. it's supposed to be happy Let sad me. happy not sad happy sad no it's it's gonna be sad deep dive happy We're, we'll circle back around to the bad news on a positive <laughs> note at the end bad news on a positive note <laughs> um no so another autobiography title <laughs> so um yeah we watched the vault for our two star and yeah unfortunately that episode got eaten alive yeah. by brett's non-existent space on his hard drive yeah it um, died if you want to know how it was it got a uh 26% audience rating and a 25% critic rating. And my favorite fact of the entire episode, it had a $5 million budget and it grossed in the United States $5,728, which is roughly what I spent on my first car. Yeah, it was not a great movie. Um, but <laughs> like, there were a couple of really big points that we kind of took away from it that I feel like are worth bringing back back up again, hopefully on an episode that airs this yeah. time. <laughs> so... I think, uh, sorry, my ear went into my lungs. <laughs> That's unprofessional of you. Yeah, well, edit that out then. Jameson, five, scotch. <laughs> sorry, I was dying of death just then. I probably, hopefully, remembered to edit that out. Anyway, um, I think we both agreed, like, the biggest disaster for the film for us was definitely the audio. Mm-hmm. And um, I had like she a says whole... immediately after blowing our levels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Ooh. you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> but um, takes a sip of beer. Yeah, can't catch a momentum. I just got the the whiskey shivers. I took that first one. My whole body was like, "There we are, Daddy's coming home." Um. So. If you have seen The Vault, then you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, uh, I had a whole big tangent on our episode, but I'll kind of, I guess, summarize it. No, you were saying a bunch of interesting stuff. I was kind of hoping that we could... Well, I'll try to recapture it, but not in such a tangenty way, because it was a little tangenty. So what was uh, the problem, then? So the audio was... I mean, I'm I'm guessing because I I didn't mm-hmm. work on this movie. Obviously, it sounded to me like the audio wasn't properly recorded for the dialogue, and then when it was all mixed together, it was mixed together almost like at an even sound level. Yeah, it's so very it was, flat. Yeah, yeah, very difficult to understand what the characters were saying for a huge chunk of the film. There were literally like mm-hmm. entire scenes in the movie where I was like, I don't know what they just said to each other. Yeah, and like we would. Like, try to turn the volume up, and all it would do is there was this constant, like, bed of, like, kind of uninspiring music playing in the background <laughs> the whole time. And if you tried to turn the volume up to hear the dialogue, you'd just be hearing the music blaring yeah. in your ear. So it was like a constant battle, like, I don't know what they're saying. And, um, 
again, speculating, to me, it kind of sounded like, because a huge chunk of this movie is kind of in big open rooms, it sounded to me like they were recording with a boom mic that was either a little too far away or maybe not quite pointing in the mm-hmm. right direction. It just sounded very, like, echoey and far yeah. away. So, like, if I was sitting way back here talking into yeah. the mic, is kind of what it sounded like. And then when they mixed it, the, like, ambient noise, the music, and the dialogue were all at, like, a very even mm-hmm. tone. So anytime there was, like, any kind of, like, upbeat music happening, you completely lost what the characters were saying. And it's it's a lot easier to forgive picture quality that's not quite on par like if you ever like if you've ever seen a movie where the focus was kind of like meh slightly off or it was just kind of grainy footage or whatever like it's a lot easier to forgive stuff like that if you can kind of hear and understand Mm -hmm. what's going on because that's why a lot of horror movies work because like we've talked about with the (laughs) i almost poured scotch onto the laptop that would have been a fucking problem um but it's like what the conversation we were having about lighting is like you can be too bright and that's a problem but too dark you can twist with the story to make you afraid of the ambiguity there yeah and i mean even if you're just honestly not well equipped or not doing the best job like picture wise if it's not like an intentional choice that you're making and the picture just didn't turn out that great. Like, mm-hmm. viewers rely very heavily on their understanding of what's happening. So, I mean, there are, there are obviously movies that have had very little dialogue. I mean, Happy Birthday didn't have any dialogue mm-hmm. in it, for instance. But, like, A Quiet Place, there's very little dialogue in that movie. And, yeah, you can keep up with it because it's very obvious what's going on. But there's still, like, an even bed of, like music to kind of build the tension or like ambient sound or whatever to kind of build the tension and like your viewers you know heavily rely on the dialogue and the Mm -hmm. surrounding noise and stuff to kind of like get a feel for what's happening in the scene and the music is it definitely amplifies the mood in a movie for sure i'm not discrediting that by any means like there are you know legendary composers who have made their careers by, like, creating soundtracks that you immediately recognize because you're like, oh, that's that one. Yeah. So I'm not... (laughs) I'm not dismissing music by any means. Music is definitely an important part of movies, but it is a a thing we add on top of movies to purposely manipulate the mood. Mm -hmm. And it's not... It's not really, like, the story itself, you know? So, like, your audience needs to be able to hear to keep up with what's happening. And whenever it's all mixed in a way that they can't really hear it, your audience is going to lose interest because they don't understand what's happening on the screen versus, you know, like, a bad picture. Like, they can... If it's enough that they can see and they can clearly hear what's going on, they're willing to kind of forgive a bit there. So, I, like... I don't know. It's, like, one of the things that we talked about while I was in film school is, like how audio is honestly one of the most important aspects of a film. And this movie was so disastrously bad that it was like the whole time, I was like, I don't know who's who, I don't know what's happening. I don't don't know know. why they're in the bank. I don't know why they're zombie ghosts. Yeah, and there were like (laughs) tense moments where they were like having like serious conversations and I was like, I completely missed that. No idea what just happened. And I don't care about this scenario in the least bit. So... (laughs) It's a it's a pretty serious mistake to make to not put a lot of care and attention into your audio. Because it's probably the fastest way to push your audience into not caring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of a... Sorry, Jax is trying to bring <laughs> me all of his toys right now. I cannot wait until we get a two-bedroom apartment and I can lock him out of here. <laughs> but then he'll just paw at the door and whine. Yeah. Let me... <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of a, a skimmed version of what we were talking about on the two star. But yeah. yeah, if you like I said, if you watch the vault, like pick any random scene and you'll see what I'm talking yeah. about. Well, there's appropriate times to have that ambiguity of sound, if you will, uh, where everything kind of flattens out. And really, that's like if you wanted to, I guess anxiety attack your character you know that would be a good way you're in a crowd so instead of hearing individual conversations you just hear the room full of conversations Mm -hmm. and it's all flat 
that would be like a good time to use that, but you don't need to use it for an hour and a half bank robbery slash haunting film. Yeah, and even yeah. like we, uh, we just recently started watching Waco, and um, there's that I'm moment. I'm in love with it. <laughs> there's that moment whenever he walks out the door, and all of a sudden it sounds almost like you've gone underwater, yeah, like, like all the noise mm. drops out. And like, I mean, that's a tool, like a, a, a trick that you would use strategically to create a certain mm-hmm. mood. So if whole movie sounds that way that's a bit of a problem yeah i don't know you gotta i don't even know what to say about that because i'm not an audio engineer (laughs) i just realized how tired i was Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm sorry i was like i'll have examples of when it was used effectively and then i already did the jaws and psycho well like those are real deal the moments like think of the psycho shower scene that we've all watched or I don't know about you guys but I've watched that movie probably a thousand fucking times because I was writing this really long paper on it that technically is still in the works um I'm going to strangle him to fucking death Jax is attacking his food um thank Jax he likes to bring individual pieces and then attack them on the floor before he finally eats them but if you think about the shower scene um you just get that owls now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you get that like metronome mm-hmm. of the water hitting the floor, you know. So you just get this steady shh, and then it's ripped in half by the yanking of the shower curtain and that fucking song. <gasps> And it creates the tension in that moment. Because if you try to watch the shower scene without the sound, sure, it's it's pretty cool. It's a silhouette stabbing the lady. You don't really see any of the actual thing, though. It's literally just her, like, holding yeah, her hands like up. Yeah, like, flashes to the knife that as it, like, grazes past her body. It doesn't actually enter. <clears throat> but the way that, that just it blows up in sound and motion so quickly out of fucking nowhere your brain is like tricked into believing you've seen something ten times more violent than you actually have Yeah. so sound can be used very effectively there on the opposite you know when Jaws is about to kill the dumbass surfer because the mayor lifted the coronavirus and now you're going to die a death because yeah you get these wide shots from far away of feet underwater and then it speeds up and then you're just waiting because you're trying to break the speed of that sound and when it breaks the sound dies off and it's just the scream so the scream is like the crescendo to the piece but yeah you can bend uh music throughout your film um I'm trying to think of other examples. Do you have Jaws some? Jaws is honestly, for like classic movies, probably the most effective because you see so little of the shark yeah. in the movie that the score is the representation of the shark yeah. for almost you're the entire in, film. You're in so. the eyes of the doll. Yeah. I wish you yeah. had seen A Quiet Place. I need to, we need to watch that movie together. It's probably the most effective like modern movie that, that I've seen. That's the one where like they make sound and the monsters kill them yeah. or something like that. Yeah, like... Um, like the monsters aside, because I know you're not into monster movies. Yeah. Um, it is probably like as far as modern movies go, the most effective use of sound in a movie that I've ever seen. Because like, because it's such a quiet movie, like anytime there's actual noise, like it's like oh god, like you know. So <laughs> Welcome to the world. Yeah, it's a really cool movie as far yeah, as sound. Then like the cracking of a branch underneath your foot, you know, you can make that hang in the air and. Uh, in something like that, yeah. I would imagine. There's, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there's a really cool scene where a child's toy goes oh. off, and yeah. I think it's like a like fire truck or something that has that woo yeah. type sound, yeah. and like it goes off out of nowhere, and the tension in that scene is just like, oh, no. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> I was trying to come up with more examples in my head, and I was like, The Godfather, and I was like, no, I just really like that theme song. <laughs> like that's a, That is like one of the great theme songs in well, movie I mean, history. The point to... How important are those, do you think? The Godfather? Theme songs. Oh. Nobody's ever touched that. <laughs> that is the greatest theme song in film. Da, 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 da. I mean, yeah, if you want a recognizable track like Jaws is, you know, an mm-hmm. example too, where people hear that and think of your thing, then I don't know that it's essential to having a good movie per se, but it, it will definitely make whatever your work is more recognizable, I mm-hmm. guess. Um 
But for me, the point to good audio or good editing period, Jax is just losing his shit. I'm starting to lose my shit. I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm getting very frustrated. Do you want me to go put him in the bedroom? No. (laughs) Buddy, come here. Hey. Get up here. We're trying to do some work. And you're (laughs) over here. Acting an ass. Flipping out and breaking my concentration. I'm trying to focus and learn about audio. Thank you. Good boy. But anyway, um, no, the point to good audio and good editing in general, honestly, is you shouldn't notice it at all. Like, if you're watching a movie, it should feel like you're in the room there with them and you're immersed in the situation. If you notice anything about the audio or anything about the editing, there's a problem. Like, you shouldn't, (laughs) shouldn't be... Noticing it. <laughs> Jax is just so not chill today. He's licking me on the air. Okay, what's the next topic, love? I've got nothing. I feel like we've driven this podcast into the ground. <laughs> just uh, give up and go back to school and learn how to be an accountant. Let's, let's, let's amp this up. What are we doing? All right, no, so, next okay. topic. Uh, again, kind of going back to the vault. Um, I think the most frustrating thing for both of us on this movie, besides the audio, was that the very short snippet of backstory that you see yes. is more interesting than the entire film. Okay, cool. So let's set that up. So we've got this film. It's set in modern day, I believe, uh, or 2017 modern day, but it's more or less the same minus the coronavirus, which I'm sure is <laughs> down by now. Um, oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, you motherfucker, Jax. You... <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and we're back. Jax tried to tip over the entire table and... <laughs> I flipped the fuck out. So all that got edited out. I went outside. I drank the rest of my whiskey, which wasn't much. It was only like two more sips because I was getting anxious right up until the point that that fucking happened, which is probably why the dog brought me the treats in the first fucking place. But Thankfully, he didn't spill anything on your computer, though. Yeah. So we were saying... Um, the most interesting thing about this movie that we watched, The Vault, featuring the great James Franco, um, was the backstory to the thing. So the main film focuses in, just in case you haven't seen it and have no interest in seeing it, on this robbery that is occurring in 2017, real time, whatever, we already made that joke. Um, and the robbery doesn't go well, and there's a uh, vault locked below the bank, that has all the real money in it, but it's also but got all the ghost zombies. It's haunted. Yeah, it's got all the ghost zombie people. And the spirit, or so we're led to believe until the very end of the movie, which would have been hilarious if you guys could have heard that episode. Um, we're left to believe that the robber is also down in the vault with them. Mm-hmm. So they have to flashback to explain who the guy is. And in the flashback, what do we learn, Kristen Pennington? What happened to this man? Uh, and it's a pretty cool little flashback. So honestly, if you're not going to watch The Vault, like try to skim somewhere in the middle yeah. of the movie and find this flashback. It's where um, the head robber chick is sitting down talking to the head teller chick on the floor. Yeah. Um, so we find out back in the 70s, was it? 1982. 82. I okay. only remember that because my piece of trivia was they didn't print any money in 1982. <laughs> it ended in 1981, came back in 1985, but there were no fresh bills. In 1982. There you go. So in 82, a robber goes into the exact same bank to rob the bank. And um, the cops find out it's around the place and he's making all these demands that he wants transportation to get out of there. The cops won't give him what he wants. So him and all the um, people that are in the bank at the time are trapped in the bank for like days on end with no food, no water, anything like that. And the robber starts kind of losing his shit and starts torturing them all slowly, like starts off making um, one of them kill someone else. Otherwise, he's going to kill more people. So they have to like sacrifice each other in order to kill her or I kill both of them. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like playing this cat and mouse game with them. Literally an airplane. (laughs) Where are you flying to during the coronavirus? So it's, he's playing this, like, cat and mouse game with them, making them think, you know, that the other people are going to survive. And ultimately, in the end, he kills them all. And the people that he doesn't outright kill, he throws them into the vault and burns their bodies alive. Yeah. And so it's this really tense flashback <coughs> sequence because you see, like, kind of little snippets of it happening. And, uh... 
all we get modern day is just a weird ghost face dude who has a mask on who mm-hmm. spooks around the hall. Yeah, and you guys don't go out there and do not steal my idea because I'm hardcore considering writing the prequel to The Vault, which focuses in on this. Because the modern day vault, not too terribly interesting. There's no depth to the character. You learn so much more about a person when they're on the verge of a mental breakdown, like I am given my work schedule and all the interruptions on this fucking (laughs) podcast. You learn a lot more about a person who's like on the fucking edge right there that you could build a compelling backstory as to why he robbed the bank. You can make it super innocent. You can almost make it Joker-esque in that kind of way where like he's shown up because like his ex-wife has taken his last, you know, taken all his money for child support checks and like he just wants to see his son, but she's like raped him in divorce court or some shit. Like that's just off the top of the head. I'm not saying I'm a genius. Um, I am. Uh, but you could like build this whole backstory for this guy so you feel like you're in there with the character and then you could literally drag that character through such a personal hell that he's lighting people on fire who are still alive. Yeah. And, and yeah, like really dive into that thing. Don't be afraid to like dive into the true horror of a situation. It's not clean. It's supposed to be messy. Well, like, and Brett and I had a bit of a debate on the episode that you'll never get to hear about this. Like, <laughs> this is where, like, I was trying to find, like, a way to tie this back into the actual movie. Because, like, the backstory is honestly just more interesting in general. Yeah. We could have just done a whole movie on that character and not done modern day ghosts at all. I, I think but, I think that scene was probably, you know, when we talk about the muse hits you with, like, flashes Mm. that was probably the flash because that felt so real but it didn't get expanded and that's where like i said because he sat back and he goes well what would happen 30 years later (laughs) it's like no dude keep smoking pot (laughs) well that was where like brett and i had like i said a little bit of a debate because i was trying to figure out how we could specifically salvage the vault as a movie as it was and like i feel like it's a prime example of just a missed opportunity to develop the characters that exist in general. Like, um, I think I suggested you could have like kind of played those two scenarios side by side. So we could have seen the unfolding of the original bank robbery as we're seeing the unfolding of the current robbery. Yeah. Yeah, So then you see, um, cause the modern day bank robber is basically someone who's really in debt and not actually a bad guy and just trying to like, you know, get himself out of trouble and doesn't want to hurt anyone. So you could have seen like this, like contrast of these two mm-hmm. characters, like the actual, like kind of terrible original robber and this other robber, like struggling. So like, to me, it's just a like, hardcore. Like a, it needed another draft. It needed one of us in the writing room. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's a, a prime example of not neglecting your characters. Like yeah. you have to flesh out your characters and flesh out your stories and flesh out their motivations. And none of that happened at all. In this movie, and it's like you get this brief snippet of this really cool backstory, and that's the only interesting thing in most of the movie. And it's like, why didn't we explore any of this? You know what I like about this conversation? And I I hate to toot my own horn, but it's my only horn that I can toot. Uh, (laughs) um, If we look at Happy Birthday in the same lens, Mm -hmm. where you're confused, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then you're hit on the back end with the motivation as opposed to hit with the motivation and then you follow the motivation through. Mm. So you're almost doing that exact same thing. Flashback almost to into real time in an odd way because you're in real time. In, does that make sense? Yeah, because I mean, if you're watching Happy Birthday on the first viewing and you haven't seen the ending, the main character just kind of seems like a shitty dude who's abandoning his baby. You don't know if he's beat somebody. You don't. You know, he's covered in blood. You don't know what's happening to him. Yeah, and then, uh, when you get to the point where we reveal the baby, he just kind of seems like a jerk who's like, oh, like he's just tossing his baby <laughs> out here in the world. And then I, I hope the ending is obvious that the baby is no longer alive. Yeah, stillborn. <laughs> yeah. Mother died. Yeah, but yeah, it Man's is. Man's alone doesn't know how to tell anybody. Like, the, 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 in my head, it's, you know brilliant but i always think i'm yeah. <laughs> you are brilliant I, I but no I, I not to take anything away from james franco but i'm better well james franco didn't <laughs> write that story though <laughs> james franco was just 
had a great misfortune of being in it. Speaking of James Franco, though, it's relevant to not fleshing out your characters. Um, James Franco is in so... Well, he's in the whole movie, I guess, to be fair, but, like, in, like, the action of the movie, he's in so little of it. His character predominantly just sits in one room the entire yeah. movie. Our theory is that $4 million of the $5 million budget went to getting, getting Franco James... for one day. Yeah, for one day. Because <laughs> he's always, like, sitting against the wall. Like, you never see him on screen with another character. Yeah. He's always just sitting well, against you the wall. see him on screen a couple of times with other characters, but he does <laughs> so little in this movie, like... He's not involved in any of the action, really. Like, he's the one who tells them to go down into the yeah. basement. So he... Which is a whole bad that we had a conversation about. Yeah. So what is his motivation? Well, that, I mean, yeah, that's the point of what I'm getting at. <laughs> oh, is like he. I have no notes, and I drank a <laughs> whiskey. talking about character motivation. Get on board. Attack. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm, I'm here. So, like, he tells... Oh, I guess... Uh, spoiler alert, uh, Franco No, is... it, it got spoiled at the beginning when I said if you watched, if you haven't watched the movie <laughs> and you want to, uh, fuck you. Uh, Franco is one of the original victims. Yeah. He is actually a dead ghost person, and that's very obvious, honestly, throughout the entire movie. Like, they don't really hide that very yeah, he's well. He's got an 80s mustache. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, he has these weird moments where you get to see, like, little flashes of what he went through, so you kind of see, like, him as this traumatized, concerned person. He's like, please don't hurt anyone. Like, yeah. I'll help you and all this stuff like that. And he comes across as, like, the sympathetic victim sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then he's telling them to go down to the vault and unleash this ghost thing. And he is trying to sabotage the members of the family because it's a brother and two sisters that are a part yeah. of this robbery Which group. technically, like on a ghost standpoint, he's trying to release all of them. Mm -hmm. But he has to release the demon into the world. Yeah, but yeah. it's like... it's But that doesn't get dived into. You just have to think about the plot a lot to get there. Yeah, <laughs> then there's that moment where he's like pitting the two sisters against each other and he's like she's crazy she's not thinking clearly you gotta act you gotta do yeah. something you know and this is weird like i don't know if franco's a good guy a bad guy i don't know if he's that, better that would like, be a scene that i would put into my prequel where i would be like he drove the banker insane the banker or, or no he drove the robber insane the robber shot him because he was sick of getting his head fucked with and then proceeded down that rabbit hole well like the thing about frank i don't know why i'm giving key plot points <laughs> away to a script that i'm kind of really <laughs> thinking about writing i would watch the vault five more times to come up with the script for this film so well the thing that i'll race you guys <laughs> bugs me about their character is like the way that franco dies is he realizes the robbery is happening he picks up the phone calls the cops and he's like please come help you know yeah. there's a robbery their hostages hurry and then we see him get shot in the head so there's this presumption that franco wasn't a part of really any of the actual yeah. like i would nightmare rewrite that, that in the prequel <laughs> so but i mean that makes him seem sympathetic like his last act was to try to get help and then he mm -hmm. got killed so like to have his ghost character like trying to cause conflict is like i don't understand why like his character is never very clearly like motivated in any direction it's like he's, he's just... not established like a bruce willis in sixth sense where he feels like a dad because he used to be the dad yeah so it's i again like a travesty to not develop your characters because sound aside yeah. i didn't care about anybody in that movie well the huge issue that that film ran into thinking of the sixth sense was it was homage after homage after homage which comes up a lot you know, when we do dives into films where like, I, I, I love a good homage, you know, like I, I like one that works with the scene, but it's not, you know, key. I like a good Easter egg, I guess yeah. is kind of what I'm saying. Um, like a subtle nod, but you're kind of doing your own thing at the same yeah, time. Like, like when you're literally when you trying watch, to repeat somebody else's work, it's like, oh, you when, couldn't come up with yeah, your own thoughts. When you watch The Evil Dead, I think it's a poster from one of George Romero's films um, that's in the background. And then when you watch the next George Romero film after The Evil Dead, the Evil Dead poster is in the background, and it was like two directors, <laughs> and they did it for like three or four films back to back where they were always like, hey, 
I see you. <laughs> I put you in my movie, you know. Or uh, what was that film that we watched? Uh, was it the last saw that we watched, where they went into the locker room and there was like the chainsaw and there was the glove and there was um, Halloween's mask and yeah, yeah, and it had all the things, but they were kind of like semi off off tilt. Yeah. yeah. Was that? No, it was a Chucky movie, wasn't it? It was the, yeah, yeah, it, was it, was, Chucky. it was the Chucky yeah. film, the cult of like, Chucky. Yeah. Uh, like Evidence Locker Room. Cult or, cult, was it Bride? Cult or Bride? I think Bride, but I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, anyway, all right. I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're not doing a Two Star Tuesday, and I'm officially like <laughs> leaning into the whiskey that I drank and the anxiety attack that I had. I'm, oh, babe. I'm, 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 I'm trying, love. I'm trying really Aww. fucking hard. But I'm an essential worker and uh, some... Being essentially overworked. Being very overworked. And if you guys are sitting out there and you're going, how much money does Brett make? Uh, $11 an hour. I'm 28. (laughs) So I am uh, very tired. It's a manual labor job. And the whiskey kind of pushed me over the edge but you had some motivational notes I did and I think that I need some motivation okay I will do my best to motivate you okay so yeah today I love you I love you more I love you more than that no mm-hmm. <laughs> so today is Can we talk about the thing that happened no no um <laughs> so today <laughs> is Sunday our time we usually record this close to a week before it releases so you guys hear it on friday we record yeah. it the same and normally before. i'm off all day yeah. and we start drinking at three and well normally we would have filmed something today um that's usually yeah. what we do for the first little chunk of our days uh brett and i only get sundays off together it's literally the only day we have off together we used to have Saturdays off and then Brett's schedule got changed so we have to pile everything that we do together into Sunday yeah so we start the morning off with breakfast together and like do all our little errands and then today we would have had breakfast burritos (laughs) I missed my breakfast burrito but I did have breakfast steak because we had steak last night (laughs) um and I would have yeah we would have gone to the store and And done our little errands would have Worked Filmed. on some stuff. <laughs> and then still I would have played my dumbass video game, got my ass kicked, said fuck this until next weekend. You know? <laughs> I, I last 45 minutes behind a video game controller where I'm like, I'm sick of getting killed. I don't get killed anywhere near enough in real life. <laughs> but anyway so uh, normally we would, like I said, have filmed and done like a bunch of other stuff today and um, we couldn't so... I can't, since Brett is the one in the movie, film anything when he's not here. So what I did Against instead... Against my will. <laughs> so what I did instead was uh, I, uh, you know, cleaned the apartment and did all that stuff, like cooked dinner yeah. and um, bought a After Effects book because we've talked on here a couple of times already. What, what are After Effects? You keep saying that and I thought you were talking about like claymation. Like, no, I, After I, Effects I, is a program. So, oh, okay. I thought it was like a thing that you knew how to do. Like, I know third person. You know, like, <laughs> no. so, After Effects um, is like... It's Adobe After Effects. It's a oh, program. Oh, okay. It's an Adobe thing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I have the entire Adobe Creative Cloud. Um, I don't use all of it, but, you know, there's several different programs in there for, you know, people that do, like, audio or video yeah. or whatever. Like Microsoft Office. I've got yeah. that and Scrivener yeah. and uh, so, Fade I do the actual uh, video editing and Premiere Pro, and then if you want to do any kind of special effects work, for the most part, you have to move to a separate program for that, so that would be After Effects. So if you're doing any motion graphics, green screen work, like uh, any video compositing, like all of that stuff happens in After Effects, and I am not great at any of that stuff, which we've (laughs) talked about before. And uh, Brett made fun of my title sequences as being like PowerPoint slides. <laughs> so while Brett was uh, working today, since we couldn't film anything, I ordered an After Effects book because I was like, ah, I should probably learn. Because Kristen takes jokes very personal. Well, no, I, I was dicking around on YouTube this morning, like trying to motivate myself to get out of bed because I haven't gotten to sleep in at all either this week. I've gotten up with Brett every day. Um, 
I was dicking around like on YouTube and I found, I can't remember what they were called, but it was like a horror movie channel that does like a lot of short films and they have like millions of followers and a lot of views and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm just curious what they do, you know? Yeah. So I was kind of peeking at some of their stuff and like, they just had like a, it wasn't a title sequence, but they had like a little, like kind of how our nightmare box logo like pops up. They had like a little neat. Uh... That was an accent. <laughs> Shut up. The nightmare. <laughs> Shut up. So they had so like he's a the little. Mayor, but only I swear at night? to God, I will bottle you. Right, cool. It's your <laughs> I will turn to have a panic bottle attack. Bottle you into up. motivation. Stop interrupting me. Um, so they had like a little uh, neat. Um, I hate you so much. <laughs> they had a neat little like motion graphics graphic sequence. Okay, I mean, <laughs> do it by yourself there. Love. <laughs> The graphic sequence. Tell yeah. me about it. Or oh, like their company <laughs> logo like popped up and it was like animated and I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Like I wish we had something like that for ours or like our titles looked a little cooler. So I went ahead and ordered a book that hopefully will teach me how to do that stuff better. Here's an idea. We get a little table lamp, you know, to go boink, boink, no. boink, and then smash the eye <sighs> on Nightmare Box I and don't then like look you. at the. That's stealing from Pixar. Oh. That's where I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like you. Why are you being difficult right now? You are literally being jacks to me now. Um, so anyway, the point of my motivational speech that Brett has sabotaged is that um, like, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself, I yeah. guess, when things don't work out. Like Brett's unfortunately not going to have a day off until next weekend so we're not going to be able to film anything I at all literally can't write for 12 days yeah, and we and can't film anything at yeah. all which means the short film is going to be late now and it's easy i feel like when shit doesn't work out the way you want it to to sit around feeling sorry for yourself and being like well fuck this like it's not going the way i yeah. want the world's out to get me always like, is i'm bipolar as fuck <laughs> I, I thought shit was out to get me last night i was convinced that Agents have been sent to my workplace to sabotage oh. me in particular. Oh, but, um, <laughs> so I ordered an After Effects book and then, like, I worked on, like, promo stuff for stuff we've had, uh, up already. Like, posted some new stuff on my Facebook yeah. and on my website and, like, tinkered around with, uh, like, our videos and stuff that we have up. And, you know, I would have rather, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, been filming, but I think you have to take advantage of the time that you have available to you instead of, like, sitting around and sulking about everything not going the way that you want, and that's kind of the point of this whole podcast, you know, is... Yeah. <coughs> Go ahead. <laughs> that's kind of the... <coughs> Don't die. This is the worst episode <laughs> we've ever done. No, we've done worse ones. We've done ones that didn't air at all. Um, I mean, that's kind of the point of this whole podcast is taking what you can and learning from it. And like, I don't know, like I, I had a whole moment where I was like, if I keep trying and I keep putting in the work, like the movies that we're doing right now aren't like the best movies ever for sure, but they're not bad movies. And yeah. I'm like a year from now, what are those movies going to look like? We're learning and, a year from when we started podcasting. How does the podcast sound? Yeah. And like it's bearable, <laughs> maybe not this one, <laughs> but I feel like, I mean, you have to put in the work if you want the reward. Like there is somebody out there who wants the same thing that you want and if you're not willing to work as hard as they're willing to work you can't be mad if yeah. they're reaping rewards you're not reaping what's well, that old stephen king thing from on writing that I, I i can never remember the direct quote but i always butcher it with a explanation which is everybody wants to write a book everybody that you've ever met in your entire life they go i've got a story inside me and you're like great what's that story and they never sit down and write the rough draft they never sit down and write the second draft, which is what I'm in the middle of right now. They never sit down and write the third draft. They never sit down and write a final copy. When they have the final copy, who goes to the agent? Who looks for a publishing house? Who self-publishes it, like I did with The Madman Diaries, which you can find on Amazon and eBay. Um, and then they bitch at people like Stephen King. And they're like, who worked his ass off. His books are trash after the 90s. And it's like, I, I don't know. He wrote it. 
He wrote The Stand. He wrote Carrie. He did Cujo. He did Shawshank Redemption. He did The Green Mile. <laughs> but he could have pussed out. He could have pussed out at, I have this really weird idea. And his wife could have been like, uh, yeah, Carrie's retarded and like thrown it in the trash can. Oh, King threw it in the trash can. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. She, she could have kept it in the trash can, but she believed in him. You know? Um... And technically, I shouldn't be bitching because in the middle of this coronavirus thing, I have 120 hours of work. Yeah. The stimulus check is going to look like pennies at the end of next pay period where, you know, like, I'm not sitting at home. I, I, I am actively taking in an income. But I'm more frustrated that I don't have the time to sit at home you know what I mean? You yeah. know. So if you're out there, I'm jealous of you. And I'm sorry that you're like going through the fucking ringer right now. Like I, I've been there. Like I've been unemployed. I've been locked in an apartment. I had a breakdown. I've had a sandwich to a closet. I've been in your fucking shoes. Like the coronavirus wasn't happening. I was just convinced that homeless people were sleeping in a closet in my second bedroom and they needed sandwiches and they just weren't hungry um, a lot of the time. But like, I, I, I thought my notes were going to get them, you know, to eat the sandwiches and the notes never worked. Um, but if you're at home and you're fucking freaked out and you've got a story inside you at any level or you've got a movie that you know you can make if you just had a bedroom a bathroom and a living room guess what motherfucker you got a bedroom a bathroom and a living room and you can't go fucking nowhere except looking at them i wrote a short story about a stain well, don't give that one away yeah i wrote a, one about a stain there was one that was on the website that was about a smudge on my door the first film that we tried to make together, the second film that we tried to make together, because the first was The Dolls, the second film that we tried to make together was about a chest that I had in my office. Yeah, that one's still in production hell. <laughs> yeah, production hell. But you can at least write the rough draft, you know? Like, if you don't want to do the second, if it doesn't compel you, don't. But you got all the time in the fucking world if you're sitting at home right now. What are you going to do? Apply for a job? I think even if you don't have all the time in the world, which I guess is... But you should. You should apply for a night stocking job and wear all the proper PPE so you can have an income coming in. But if you don't have a gig right now, fucking write your ass off. Write about how scared you are. Do a daily journal about all the things that are worrying you. That's probably the move. Well, I think even if you don't have time, though, like I said, it's, which we've talked about this before, it's a trap to sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Like, yeah. Brett, Brett and I are both, um... Exhausted. Essential, <laughs> essential workers, so Brett and I are both still working, um... I only work 40 hours a week, so this week is definitely kicking Brett's ass more than mine. 120, bitch. <laughs> Let's go. Um, but... Hour 50. Rock and roll. We take our one day a week that we do have and we continue to work. And, you know, on the afternoons that I get off, if Brett's not home yet, like I'll, you know, like tinker around with stuff. So I think it's, it's easy to have a pity party for yourself. I mean, Brett and I could be doing that right now. Like everybody else is off work and we still have to go to work and that's not fair. We don't have time to do the stuff we want to do. And no. like got off hour 50, turned on the laptop. <laughs> the next episode you guys hear, I'll still be on my shift. <laughs> yeah, and then we, we still except like film and do this stuff and we're still keeping up. Like, As a matter of fact, if everything works out right, one week from now, exactly. So next Friday's episode will be the first episode that I've had a full night's sleep. <laughs> but anyways, the point is we're not having a pity party. We're not, we're not. I'm the laughing at is, it. like you, if you have a dream, even if you don't have a ton of spare time, you have to make spare time for it. 
Otherwise, it's not going to happen for yeah. you. And it could be five minutes. Like, don't don't fool yourself into thinking you don't have an extra five minutes. If you are a cigarette smoker, you have an extra seven minutes. You can sit out there and pull out your notepad at least. You don't need to write anything down. Just have it on your lap. Light a cigarette. If you're a smoker, don't do this, kids. If you're listening to the show or if you're a non-smoker looking for an excuse to go outside, it's a respiratory disorder. Do not pick up smoking right now. But in my case, I am a cigarette smoker. So if nothing else, when I go outside to smoke a cigarette, I take my moleskin out of my back pocket and I hold it in my hand. And if something comes to me or if there's something that I've been thinking about, I jot a quick note and that might be all the writing I do that day. I might get 30 words in. But it's 30 more words than you had before? 30 more words than I had before. It's not the 2,000 that I used to love to do every morning, you know? Like, wake up at 5, bang out 2,000, have breakfast, go to work. Like, it, it's not that when I was peak, you know, the not since we've been to Montana, I ain't done that shit in a good minute, you know. But every word you write's a word you didn't have yesterday. Get a whiteboard, put it up in your living room. You're gonna write on it. Like, you're not not gonna write on it. Who wants a blank, bland, boring ass fucking whiteboard, you know? Put it there, put it in between the shower and the coffee pot. Fucking worst case scenario, you get out of the shower, you're wrapped in a towel, you gotta walk past the fucking whiteboard. Write something down you thought about in the shower. Never come to the page blank. Never come to the blank page empty. You know, fucking have something there. This sucks for everybody. And if you're sitting around and you're like, ah, I'm gonna write, you know, the COVID story and it's like beyond that beyond that get to the human experience you're going through something that is internationally tragic this is bigger than 9-11 dive into it dive into what the fuck you're feeling you know write about that Forget that the virus ever existed. Pretend you were you two months ago and you feel the way you do right now. What's that character look like? What is that character afraid of? What are they in love with? You know what I mean? You gotta build like a real depth to the thing that you're doing. You know, you you can't sit around feeling you don't have the same excuse (laughs) people were like oh if only i had the time well motherfucker you ain't got a job welcome to the club bitch like this is (laughs) like this is how we do it you know set up a fucking microphone and talk to nobody who wants to write you an email at nightmareboxproductions.gmail set it up Hook it up. Worst case scenario goes fucking nowhere. You know what it was doing before you bought the microphone? It was going fucking nowhere. You were not a podcast person. You were not a writer. You were not a fucking filmmaker. Until you became one, this is your time. I know it's fucking terrifying. I am bipolar. There's a good chance I should be on some pretty heavy medications. I occasionally think my neighbors are CIA agents and planted there to watch my every move. And Kristen has to talk me off of that about once a week. Okay? Like, I'm there with you. I get it. I know what it's like to be freaked out about the world. It's not fun, you know? Like, it's not like a braggy brag You know, you don't want to be, you know, proud of that. I've had more therapists and I've had best friends. Dive into the writing, the filmmaking. If you don't have the energy to write, read. If you don't have the energy to make a movie, watch one. Try to learn something from it. But if I 
read your script or I have to sit through a year of people making movies about diseases. I, you remember how many like jump movies came out after 9-11? Do you think that was an accident? <laughs> you know, like paranormal activity, like Saw with all, even Saw, yeah, with all the harsh cuts, like that was not an homage to the Al-Qaeda, you know, execution videos. And Don't write that movie that his plane goes into building. Don't write that movie, which is man sits at home sick. Figure out what the metaphor is, you know, like for this moment and write that character. I want to see that guy. So get the work done. Get the fucking work done <laughs> as the birds chirp themselves to sleep on my little patio. It's Brett's whiskey advice. <laughs> we got five minutes, my love. You told me to cut us off in an hour. Cause oh, no, I think we paused, so we're probably over an hour of okay. time now. You got motivational? You hijacked my motivational. I'm What's gonna... your motivational? No, I was. didn't mean to. No, I thought you were, like, like slumping me over to, <laughs> like, Brett, you cover this, I'll come up with mine. <laughs> no. What's your motivational words, my love? No, I mean, like, I, mean, I kind of said it already. Like, my point was just... Um, like I said, not to sit around feeling sorry for yourself. Like the situation is something that's affecting all of us. So, you know, if you are out of work right now, like Brett said, like now is the time to find whatever it is that makes you happy in life. Because I don't think most of us are nine to fives or are lifelong passions. You know, maybe nope. your passion is baking. Maybe you start baking really awesome cakes. I don't yeah. know. But like, maybe you want to got... be a welder. <laughs> Like, if you've got this free time, like, take advantage of this free time to kind of develop that passion. And if you're unfortunately an essential worker, you know, I know it's scary for especially, like, people working in hospitals and stuff like that. You know, this is kind of a traumatic time for people yeah. that are having to take care of. God bless the people in the hospital. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a traumatic time for uh, nurses and doctors and stuff trying to take care of these patients. But I, I think, you know... Even if you're working all the time, if you have a passion, like I said, you have to make time for that passion. And if your passion is, if you're a doctor or a nurse and, you know, that's what you care about, like finding the humanity in this situation and like connecting with people. So I just think all of us have something that we can learn from this experience. And I, I don't think anyone should come out of this situation the same person they were that when they went in. So yeah. But in a healthy way. Yeah. 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 Not in a bad way. Like, this is the time to connect with ourselves and connect with each other and find what really matters. Mm -hmm. And like I said, regardless of whether or not you're working, like, make the best of the time that you have available. So, that's my motivation. Fuck yeah. I have half the mind to go an extra 10 minutes no, because the, the potatoes are baking. They might be burning. The howls start in 10 no. minutes. Can you check on the potatoes? Yes. No. That was the cat. Yeah. That's a no, kid. That's a kid. Go check on the potatoes. I was like, I don't want the dinner to burn. I know, but I would like the audience to hear the cool howls. No, we're going to keep being motivational for 10 minutes, my love. Do what? Well, I mean, you walked away from me. Um, so, well, fuck, I don't know much else to say. Um, the the cool thing, you know, and I get, I guess it started out in Colorado. Um, but the cool thing about Missoula is it's another mountain community. We live out in Montana, and every night at eight o'clock the apartment erupts with howls. And so my mission right now, and I hope it pans out, I hope they don't choose, can I get another Elysium while no. you're up? No, okay. <laughs> you said it as I sat down. I, I, well, I meant anymore. to yell it at you and then you told me that I was being quiet. Um, the cool thing about Missoula is it starts in random parts of the city and we live in a valley. So you can hear echoes from other areas of Missoula carrying the howl 
And then when it hits us, you can hear kids and you can hear families and you can hear dogs like Jax is learning how to howl for the first doesn't time. doesn't really understand it, though. But, like, <laughs> no shit. I'd never want the howl to end. Like, I don't know. Like, I guess it started as a thing for, like, nurses and doctors and all well, of that. Essential workers, like, showing appreciation. Yeah. Um, but I, I like the sense of community. Because, mm. like, on the second day of it, I ran out and I screamed, I love you. And one person responded, I love you. And now there's a random lady in our apartment complex who, after the howl goes, are you guys doing all right? And I was like, she stole my idea. She stole my I love you to the world. Like, don't forget, like, I I think that's going to be hyper important for the future. Like, if you're finding this and this whole coronavirus thing has actually ended, um... I think, like, the one massive takeaway needs to be the sense of community. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people live in big cities where they somehow still feel isolated. We live in a town of 77,000. It's, you know, it's small city. It's the second biggest city in Montana. We moved from Murfreesboro, which was, like, 20 miles away from Nashville, which was twice the size of the city we currently live in, but our old town's roughly the same size. But it's a mountain community where these people spend six months out of the year living, you know, with each other. They, 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 the elements out in this bitch, they'll catch you slipping, as Joe Rogan said about his dog. <laughs> you know, they're gonna, they're gonna catch you. you you can't be outside too terribly long. You might literally die on the sidewalk. It, it, it gets very cold out here. It's very nice when it's nice, though. Like, today was a gorgeous day. It's beautiful. But when that howl takes over, and that's what I'm hoping I can share with you guys here in a few minutes, um, I, I never want that to end. Like, I want that to be 8 o'clock in Montana, for the rest of my life, you know, which people live, you know, fucking 15 miles away from each other out in this bitch. And we just live in an apartment complex, but that sense of community, I think needs to live through all of this. Like we can't actually talk to each other before this happened. None of us were actually talking to each other, but this like shook the reality for a second where it's like, Oh yeah, we're all people. And all those people, they can't leave their apartments either. So eight o'clock has kind of become the, you know, the time where we all just run out and we're like, (laughs) it is kind of cool. The, first time it happened we discovered it on accident we were just sitting out because it was a really nice day it was kind of like your first earthquake where it's like is that actually happening what no. the fuck are they i've doing experienced an earthquake before <laughs> i told you i'd experienced one in tennessee i just it threw me off here because i didn't even feel it like i just saw the fan shaking i was like why is the fan shaking <laughs> so yeah community Good stuff. <laughs> I've lost Kristen Pennington. <laughs> I'm hungry. I've been smelling. I haven't left the apartment today. I've been smelling dinner cooking all day long all right. today. Well, then we'll sign off. And, no, how much time we got left? Uh, it is four minutes away. See, you can't make me hold out for six minutes and then call it four till. We'll just edit this awkward silence out right now. Well, you could just talk to mic. your future husband. <laughs> I've been talking to you for an hour. What do you think of Waco? Based on the first episode and the realization that your future husband is hyper upset with the government to the point that I might resemble a Timothy McVeigh with less of a temper. I can't wrap my mind around accepting living in that type of community. Like he. But do you think they should have been raided by the ATF and gunned down? (laughs) Well, no, I'm not saying that either. (laughs) But I just i I feel like he took on this godlike role too, and I can't wrap my mind around because those people gave up their free will as well yeah just to a different person like i can't wrap my mind around like letting some random dude bang my wife because 
Yeah, I would not be he cool with that. He thinks I'm supposed to be celibate. Yeah. I'd be like, nah. No, I'm not on board with Timothy McVeigh's, or not Timothy McVeigh's, um, David Koresh's um, thoughts about who he was. Like, I don't think he was Jesus. I do think he thought he was Jesus. Oh, and sure. I do think that he thought that he was bringing, you know, the apocalypse with him. And in a weird sense of poetic justice, I do think that he did. <laughs> he was like, no, the nights will burn with fire. And it's like, oh, they are, yeah. They're going to kill all you guys. <laughs> it's a, um, for what we've seen so far, though, a very well done show. Well, it's an interesting, um, the case itself, which I, I, much like with the Unabomber, I, I, I sit back and I, Root for the wrong person. I don't like the government. They had the whole Ruby Ridge thing, and I, I was like acting like we just watched the actual footage of Ruby Ridge, and I was like, they shot his fucking wife. Well, they did show like a little brief snippet of real footage from it, like it yeah. was like news. Well, that's the footage, interesting so. thing. So, like, how would you blend if we needed to cover like a quick two minute, you know? I don't know because I've never seen it done. I don't think in a narrative like it's. I mean, documentaries do that stuff all the time. Whenever we watch documentaries yeah. about events, but this is like a literal narrative TV show about it. And well, I mean, outside it, of the O.J. Simpson one, the People versus O.J. Simpson, I don't think that was actual footage. Well, where they showed the. It you don't think the like... Bronco chase was actual Bronco chase footage? Oh, that. Yeah, the yeah. Bronco chase footage was. I thought you were talking about that one scene in the courtroom that you thought was actual footage. No, I was like, no, that's no, the actors. No. Yeah, but the Bronco. Bronco was real. Yeah, so that is kind of neat to see that weird blend. But it's always interesting when it's much older footage because you can totally see a quality difference. But I liked that in this they did it as like news footage that was showing. So it was yeah. just like, oh, it's just, you know... Something we're watching on the TV, like news, but we're also still in this world. We're getting there. One minute away. <laughs> I thought I heard somebody start. They are. They're working on it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Find the plugs in the I hope you can hear it when it starts up. I'm sorry for the bumpy entire episode. <laughs> um, but I really wanted you guys to hear this. And... Go out, watch Happy Birthday. Go out, watch The Dolls. Where can they find those? Um, Nightmare Box Production. Or sorry, YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. I'm excited. You hear them starting up? I'm going to turn the volume up really loud. That doesn't affect. It's the gain. Here we go. can't come out because the door's shut. Love you! And I love you guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Goodbye. <laughs>